It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, let's dive into a special season-ending episode of Stockwatch where we buy and sell stock in every Thunder player. Which Thunder players are most likely to not make the cut after training camp as a Thunder to make room for all of their draft picks coming in this offseason? That and more on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I'm your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. Email the show, LOThunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, let's dive into Stockwatch around the NBA and wrapping up the Thunder 2021-2022 regular season. We're going to go through every single player on the roster and buy and sell stock in them for the upcoming year and upcoming years and who on the thunder will be most likely gone to start next season in October. Let's start out fun. Let's start out with the very best player on this thunder team. Let's start out with SGA. It's obvious, right? It always has been obvious. His stock is climbing. His max contract is, is kicking in this off season. We are buying stock in SGA. For this season, he averaged 24.5 points per game, five rebounds, six assists, 45% from the floor, 30% from three, and 61% at the line. However, what gives you the most encouragement is after the All-Star break when he averaged 30 points, 5.8 rebounds, 7.3 assists, 1.7 steals, and 0.9 blocks per game while shooting 54% from the floor and 39% from the line. I should say 39% from three and 80% from the line. Look, SGA is going to be a star. SGA will continue to climb up the rankings and continue to get more respect as the Thunder continue to build this roster out and hopefully make the right moves in the coming year or two to get back into contention and back to being a relevant team on a national stage. But SGA is one of the top 15 players in this league. SGA is the caliber of player you can build a championship caliber team around, and SGA stock will continue to rise because he's still not at his peak yet. He's still not in his prime yet, and I just cannot wait to see what he can add to his game after this offseason and how him and Josh Giddy mesh together. And I think that SGA stock and Josh Giddy stock are intertwined together. And that's why it makes perfect sense to go to Josh Giddy right now, whose stock is way up. Whenever him and Josh Giddy had that meeting before the Suns game, right, him and SGA, 
They had their best game as a duo afterwards. And then Josh Giddy, of course, was hurt for the rest of the year. But is that signs of things to come? You go back to SGA. He's shooting 38% on corner threes, 30% on non-corner threes, 31% overall. Again, that's according to cleaning the glass, which takes out those half-court heaves, desperation heaves that, that should not impact your percentages, right? But the big thing is 38% from the corner. Whenever you're typically shooting corner threes, you're typically set up by other people. And getting set up in that way to succeed by Josh Giddy can do wonders for his scoring output. I've obviously SGA was just incredible at the rim. SGA thrived there in the 70th percentile at the rim, shooting 62% at the cup. And he was even good in the mid-range, 72nd percentile in the NBA uh, for his position, 44% in the mid-range for SGA. SGA and Josh Giddy have to find that balance because the scoring at the rim and scoring in the mid-range comes off of isolation. But to maximize his three-point shooting, you might want to see him get set up more off ball by Josh Giddy. And what's encouraging, though, for the Thunder fan base right now is that we've seen SGA thrive off ball before. We've seen him play with three guards before, which is what the Thunder are probably going to have to do to succeed. Barring leaping up to the top three in this draft lottery, you're probably looking at adding a guy like Jaden Ivey if you stay put at four, right? Let's just say that everything goes chalk, you stay at four. That's Jaden Ivey range. You're not going to draft them just to sit them, right? So then he's going to have to figure out how to work together with these two guards and Gideon SGA who are still worried about fitting together, right? And so with SGA, the best route might be to play off ball again the way he did his first year in Oklahoma City, which we saw him do very well at. But you have to find a balance with SGA. You cannot just relegate him to off ball the way that some people kind of speculated in the middle of the season, right? Middle of the season, people are saying, well, we've seen him play off ball before. Let's just shove him there uh, and, and tell him to figure it out. Number one, he's your star player, so you got to accommodate him a little bit. Number two, he has said multiple times he wants to be a point guard in this league, even going in that GQ article saying he wants to be the best point guard in this league. But also number three, we just spent five minutes praising his game. We just opened this podcast praising what he does well. Two of those things he does well, mid-range and getting to the rim, are done off of his isolation. How do you isolate? By having the ball in your hands, by initiating offense, by controlling the tempo, by controlling the offense. So we cannot eliminate two of his strongest suits out of his game by just simply placing him off ball. It just cannot happen. It'll be a delicate balance to walk, especially if you add Jaden Knight, especially if you add another guard to this group with Trey Mann as well, sneaking up there. And of course, can't forget about Lou Dort. It'll be a delicate dance for Mark Dugnot, but it has to happen. I'm interested to see how they pair together because there are encouraging signs following that Suns game, which we never saw them play again after that. But again, you mix in the corner three numbers for SGA and you mix in the meeting that Josh Giddy said that they had. And you mix in the fact that Josh Giddy said after the season in his exit interview that his job is to get the ball back to SGA. That pairing can go a long way. That pairing can really work together. And it seems as though just pure speculation. It seems as though now SGA is more willing to have it work because of the details we're getting, because of the messaging we're getting. Josh Giddy mentioning that meeting that he had with Coach and with SGA after the All-Star break, and then pointing out that their best game together, it felt the best together on the court immediately after that meeting. And then following that, that story up with an immediate anecdote of my jobs to get the ball to SGA. It felt like that was a form of a, bake, a breakthrough where Josh Giddy was saying, look, man, like I know this is new. I know this is different. I know I have the ball more, but I just want to get the ball back to you. 
and put you in advantageous situations. So there's, to me, a good sign that this pairing will work eventually. And with Josh Giddy, his stock is rising to me as well. I want to buy his stock as well. I think that these are your two foundational pieces for this organization. And this offseason, Josh Giddy is improving his jump shot with Mike Wilkes and trying to overhaul a bit. Josh Giddy shot 32% from the corner, 25% from the non-corner, 27% overall from three. If that improves at all, if that can get to league average, if that can get 35, 36, 37% from three with his elite uh, uh, passing ability, with his elite ability to create for others and his elite floater, you're having the makings of a very, very good, a very high-end offensive player. He shot 44% in the mid-range, which is 75th percentile for his position. That is incredible for Josh Giddy. Averaged 12 points, nearly eight rebounds, six assists, shot 41% from the floor, 70% the line, had four triple doubles, and is going to play in summer league this year to continue to improve his game and had a historic rookie season that saw him be compared to LeBron James, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, guys of that ilk. Josh Giddy can be special. The pairing can be special. And I'm buying into those two as a duo. And it will see ebbs and flows. It will see ups and downs. It will see peaks and valleys. It will see everything over the next calendar year. And that's also why the Thunder are waiting until 2023 to make their all-in move. Because they want this year to be a year in which you lay the foundation and see what works, what doesn't work, and how you work around that group. On top of having the clear salary sheet in the next offseason, having uh, the new rules laid out in the CBA in the next offseason, etc., etc. We gotten through two. We need to get through the whole roster. Coming up, let's talk about the players who might not be on this team in the very near future, including near future as in October, and so much more, including at the end, let's take a trip around the NBA to buy some stock and sell some stock on NBA rosters and teams. But first, on right now, but good friends over at Shady Rays, folks. Shady Rays are awesome. It's an independent sunglass company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means you get polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection plans on every pair. They will send you brand new pairs if you lose them, no matter what happened, no questions asked. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated each time you fight hunger in America. Whenever you shop at Shady Rays, exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com, use the code LOCKEDON, get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com, backed by 150,000 verified five-star reviews. Go check out Shady Rays right now. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ron Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles and the show on Twitter at Oh Thunderpod. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball for your second listen. Go check out the Lockdown Now Podcast on your recap show, recapping everything from the night before in the association with game breakdowns from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts from, including the YouTube application or website on the Lockdown NBA YouTube feed. We're also free and available every single day across all platforms, including YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcast from. Just search up Locked on Thunder and you'll find us there. Now let's continue diving into this roster. We've bought twice now. We've bought on SGA. We've bought on Josh Giddy. How we do the rest of the way. Let's move on to Trey Mann. Trey Mann, 10 points per game, three rebounds, nearly two assists per game, 39% from the floor, 36% from three, 27%. We should say 30 I should say 79% from the line. Excuse me. Here's the encouragement from cleaning the glass. 42% from the corner three, 70th percentile. 34% on non-corner threes, 41% in the mid-range, 48% at the rim, which is the 19th percentile. Needs to improve at the rim, desperately at the rim. But you see the makings of an elite score whenever you watch Trey Mann, especially an elite score off the bench in that kind of volume capacity of a bench player, of a sixth-man opportunity type of player, right? But you see it. You see that step back coming along, especially whenever he uses it to tease the defense with a step back and then blow by them towards the rim. And you've seen him dunk on multiple players in this league. You've seen him use that mid-range step back as well and really keeping their defenses reeling because, again, he can use a step back to create space and shoot. Or if you want to play up on that step back, you can just get around you and go to the rim because he's so quick and twitchy. Trey Mann can be an elite scorer in the NBA. An elite scorer. Flat out. His game will be defined by how can he stay on the floor defensively in the playoffs. I think that his floor is sixth man of the year type of player. But his ceiling will be defined by when the game slows down, when every possession matters, when teams are trying to exploit every single matchup every single night. You hear Mark say all the time, they are not worried about the lineup of the other team. They're not worried about scouting the other team. They're worried about them, th- themselves. They're worried about running their own race in the regular season. They're worried about how to get themselves better, how is best to develop their roster, the Thunder are, in season, in the regular season, not looking for scouting reports, not looking to how to shut down opponents. Like They're just looking to, quote-unquote, run their own race, as Mark always said all season long. When that flip of the switch happens, and when each and every game of a seven-game series is dissected, and everyone is spending countless hours, countless nights, countless off days, trying to find the wins in the margin, trying to find ways to exploit the other team, matchups to use to get the edge and win a playoff series. When the game is no longer a fast break kind of game, when the game is no longer an up and down pace and you get more fouls, you get more half court looks, you have a slog fest. Can Trey Mann stay on the floor defensively when they're hunting matchups? If that answer is yes, then the ceiling is higher than anyone ever thought. Then the ceiling is a borderline all-star candidate. If that answer is he can be average or below average or terrible, 
then you're still in that sixth man category. It's not a bad four to have, but I'm interested in seeing how it develops. I'm buying stock into train man. I think the train man still was under the radar this year, uh, even within the thunder fan base, but especially nationally, of course I'm buying in on train man. I really like what he's done this year uh, at for the thunder. Now with Lou Dort, I'm steadying on Lou Dort. I don't know if that's a phrase in the actual stock market. I don't dabble in uh, stocks, but whatever it means to just monitor, right. And sit back and don't touch it. Don't buy, don't sell, don't do anything. That's what I'm doing with, with uh, Lou Dort. A little scared of this stock, so to say. Lou Dort could see a shooting improvement this year after that shoulder injury, which uh, you know dated back to the start of last year. And uh, you know even last year, he was great at the corner three, 44%, 76% percentile, but overall from three is 33%. He was still terrible at the rim, 16th percentile, 55% needs work. He averaged 17 points, four rebounds, and nearly two assists at age 23. And he is absolutely a lockdown defender and a player that you desperately want in the playoffs. You want a player like this who can knock down corner threes and shut down the best perimeter threat on the other team. You want this kind of player on your team whenever you want to make a playoff run. What scares me is there's no contract in place. Everybody seemingly has the same vibe, right? You go back and watch that Sam Press interview on YouTube or wherever you want to find it uh, for the press conference from earlier this week. Everyone has the same mindset after that, the same feeling, listen around, look around on Twitter, social media, everywhere else, that no extension talk is intimate. And so he's going to head into a a season in which he will not have his contract extension done after this offseason, we don't think. Now, again, Sam Presley could surprise us all and do it this offseason. I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but it feels right now as though it won't. And so then Lou Dort heads into a year where it's a contract year and he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of it, which we know Sam Price does not typically like to get guys to unrestricted free agency. We know the Thunder need to make up a ton of roster spots this offseason, and we know that if the Thunder see the lottery dictate them take another guard like Jaden Ivey, that it would be a weird fit to have all of SGA, Lou Dort, Josh Gideon, Jaden Ivey. It's still a bargain contract. It's still a player you desperately want in your team. It's still a player who could be an all-defensive caliber player, and I would bet will be on the all-defensive team. But I'm not so sure buying more stock is the right move because I think that he's properly rated. I think that everyone respects him both nationally. I mean, you see Zach Lowe on ESPN have a Dort license plate in his in his office, right? Everybody respects him nationally, knows what he can do, knows his limitations, knows his uh, you know knows his pattern of success. There's not really a, a hole in the system, right? You're not trying to buy low or sell high or do anything like that, but just staying calm, just staying on Lou Dort because there are a lot of question marks and uncertainty about the future for him, the Thunder, specifically. I, I know we all love him. We all want him here for the long haul and want him in Oklahoma City whenever the team makes the playoffs again because he can lock down you know, the, the type of players you're going to go against in the playoffs in a half-court set, uh, but a lot can happen. A lot can happen. Let's talk Poku, though, before the break. Poku stock is up to me. I'm buying more and more Poku stock because this season, I think he improved a lot. I think it was more under control. I think that this off season is his first full off season. And it's such a long off season, folks. I know that kind of last year we might've gotten blindsided because the Thunder didn't make the playoffs of how real in reality short the off season was last year. Still. It's such a long off season that the team feels like he can do both his strength and conditioning training and go to summer league. They didn't feel that way last year. And again, folks, because of 
because of the Thunder being off for longer than the playoff teams were, I think that it gets lost in our minds that last year was not a full off season. Think about that. Pokashevsky, who desperately needs reps, desperately needs game time, desperately needs experience at a higher level, did not go to summer league last year because they couldn't fit that in his schedule of his strength and conditioning routine. That's how condensed things were. Now he gets to do both. And then I said last year, whenever we did this very same exercise, buying and selling stock in every player you know, you know, before the year, and now we're doing it again after the year. I said last year, uh, before the year started, that the improvement from Poku could really come year two to three rather than year one to two. But I, st- I still think he made significant strides this year. He improved at the rim. He improved at the corner three. He improved in the short mid-range. He had fewer turnovers. He had more rebounds. He was better inside the arc, better from three, better from the floor. He played more games, played fewer minutes per game. And I still think that the writing is on the wall for him to take another leap into playability, if you want to term it that, this this next season. But the fact that we didn't see a ton of blooper reel Pokashevsky low lights, right, is a step in the right direction for a guy who was two years away from being two years away on draft night. And now he's been in the the NBA two years and he's gotten all of that experience. But before we talk about the most polarizing player on the planet, Darius Baisley, and players who I think might not be in this roster in October, let's dive into Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. Built Bar is fantastic, folks. They have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein from mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. They have new flavors each month, including this month's white chocolate cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite. They're delicious. New flavors come out all the time, so check their website, Built.com, for them constantly. I love Built Bars as a pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement or a snack. Make sure you check them out today at Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order. Built.com, promo code LOCK15, 15% off your next order at Built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on LockdownPodcast.org, your teams every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Your second listen, go check out the Lockdown NBA podcast. It is an incredible podcast every single day from jump ball of the playing tournament through the entire finals. The Lockdown local experts have you covered with a deeper look inside the playoffs than ever before. And of course, we're going to roll that podcast throughout the offseason and next season, and the next, and the next, and the next, just like this one, as we stay daily throughout the offseason. So join in the party, subscribe for free across all platforms, including on YouTube, and let's continue on with the show, and let's dive into possibly the most polarizing player in sports in, in Oklahoma City and in the NBA, Darius Basley. Again, another player that I think is very steady. I think that this year was a tale of two halves, and even Sam Presti said that on Monday, that you don't get a really bad start to the season and a really good finish to the season. And so your opinion of him should not sway all that much. If you want to buy low, I'd suggest that. I would not suggest selling anything off. I think that if you've sold off, you've sold enough. I think that if you've bought a ton, you might as well stay invested because 
there are some significant signs to him improving. He showed elite defensive ability this year and versatility on the defensive end this year, which was fantastic. I think that that's sustainable. I think we'll continue to do that. He needs to balance the ability, and the Thunder need to help him here, balance the ability to play both with his athletic style and getting to the rim and moving off ball and cutting to the rim and relocating and being active offensively. He needs to balance that, and the Thunder need to put him in positions to do that, while also balancing being stationary, being in the corner, or the kick out on the driving kick with SGA, who's so fantastic at driving kicks at the rim. And there are signs that he could improve. He shot 33% from the corner three this year, career high. And it is a contract year. So if there's ever an offseason for Basley to just come back looking immaculate, it's this offseason. Because again, much like the Lou Dort discussion, I don't think the Thunder are going to give out contracts this year. I think they're going to take this into 2023 and have an absolute clean book, a clean cap sheet in 2023, and work from there and see what the new CBA negotiations look like and the new contract language and loopholes and things of that nature. Now, a player who I'm going to sell, 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 sell is Sam Aldon. Had some fun moments during the last month of the season, but that contract's only partially guaranteed in a year in which the Thunder need to make up probably four roster spots because they have four picks in the top 35 of this draft. Did not get noticeably better, even in the summer league. You know, dating back to last summer league, he came out jacked, looked awesome physically, but did not look good on the floor. He never looked good on the floor this year, particularly. Had a nice stretch or two, you know, especially the last month of the season, but did not do enough to wow you or want to keep you invested in Sam Allen, especially when it's easy to de-invest in him if you're the Thunder. In fact, he might have gotten a little worse from an already pretty low bar. And when the team had everybody available and they weren't tanking at all and no one was hurt and everything was was kosher at the start of the year, he didn't have solid footing in Mark's rotation anyway. And so I'm not going to say it's for sure going to happen where they're for sure going to cut bait with him, but it's pretty easy to do that uh, after this season and with his contract structure. So we'll see what they ha- what happens there. But for the stock watcher exercise, I am selling on Sam Malibon. But I am buying on the last two rookies, Wiggins and Jerry. For Wiggins, he's a mature, cheap, but still pretty young 3 and D player with really good defense as a rookie that can only get better and shot 32% from the corner three last year, according to Cleaning the Glass. For JRE, buying it all because he's a nice stretch five option with mid-range upside, a solid defender with a frame and mobility that can really do wonders for him as he grows into being an NBA player, a nice rebounder, a nice passer, and even saw some stuff off the dribble from him that you liked this past year, like crossing over Rudy Gobert uh, towards the end of the year last year. Kenny Hustle, again, staying steady on Kenny Hustle. Love the veteran leadership, great three-point shooter, great versatile defender, a top eight guy in a playoff rotation whenever this team wants to be a title team again. But much like the DRS basically thing, I feel like you've bought everything you need to buy in his stock and you don't need to sell anything off of his stock. You just need to stay comfortable. He's properly rated by the Thunder and by the rest of the NBA. He's just chilling. With Lindy Waters, I'd still buy some Lindy Waters stock here. A two-year two-way deal is big for me for a team that invests so much in the two-way and tries to find those diamonds in the rough to tie up one of your two two-way spots on Lindy Waters again next year and give that to him immediately shows me a commitment to Lindy Waters. He has an entire offseason to add defense to his game because if he does that, he is going to be an NBA quality player, right? Shoots well from three, 36% from three, 39% on the non-corner threes, 31% in the corner, 99th percentile in the mid-range for his position on cleaning the glass at 57%. Lindy Waters has an offensive game that can get you off the line with flybys and can relocate off the dribble for three and also step inside the arc and knock down the mid-range shot. 
uh, and can pass the ball very efficiently as well, at least swing past it to get to the open man if he's not the open man himself. If he can add defense, he's a very playable player and an actual NBA contributor like for a long time. So I'm buying stock in uh, Lindy Waters. The veterans, Derek Favors, Muscala, don't move the needle at all. I'm selling on Favors. He has that 10.1 player option that he's going to pick up. He's just a washed player. Nice guy. Nice locker room guy. Great mentor for the young guys. You can tell he genuinely is passionate about teaching these guys the way of the NBA and the ropes of the NBA. But as a basketball player on the court, he's washed. However, there is a ton of unseen value in in Derek Favors because of those other facts about him helping out the players behind the scenes. Mike Muscala, a $3.5 million club option that the Thunder are likely going to pick up for him. He's battling that ankle issue and now coming off of a surgery for that ankle issue that has lingered for two straight seasons. How much does he have left in the tank? He can obviously shoot threes until the cows come home and he can have a long NBA career by doing that for 10 minutes a night or five minutes a night, whatever the case is. But again, just eh on both these guys. Don't need to sell anything, but especially do not buy. Here's another sell. I'm selling Ty Jerome and Isaiah Roby. Sell, 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 sell for the Thunder specifically. I think these two guys have a niche in the NBA, have a way to stay NBA players for you know four, five, six years from now, but they don't mesh well for the Thunder in their timeline, and they're too easy to get rid of. Ty Jerome has $4.2 million in him in a team option, but Isaiah Roby, $1.9 million team option next year. I just don't see these, these two guys fitting whenever you need to make up four roster spots to bring in those four top 35 rookies this year. I just don't see them fitting for the Thunder long-term, so I'm selling their fit. Uh, as far as the rebound as a whole, I think stocks are going up. I think it's easy to buy right now. You can see that the 2022 season will be a foundational year, and then the 2023 offseason will be a year in which you make a splash and you truly go for it. You truly try to ramp up and head towards the postseason. Let me know which players you're buying, which players you're selling, which players you're staying steady on. What do you agree with me? Where do you disagree with me? In the comment section below or on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles or the email hellothunderpod at gmail.com. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.